This audiobook of the original America Burning was produced by the Firefighter Podcast Combustible. More details on this project can be found online at www.combustiblethepodcast.com. The audio for this recording is consistent with all copyright rights and permissions associated with America Burning and is not affiliated with or endorsed in any way by the federal government or the U.S. Fire Administration. Chapter 20. What Citizens Can Do It is an accepted principle of our society that government ought to intervene to protect citizens when voluntary safeguards are inadequate. As long as there are drivers who drink, there will be a need for government efforts to keep them off the highways. As long as there are unscrupulous merchants, there will be a need for laws and court procedures to protect consumers. As long as food processors use additives of unknown hazards to health, there will be a need for government to test these chemicals and ban them when appropriate. And yet, two themes in American thinking about government run counter to acceptance of this principle. First, we as a people do not want government regulating every aspect of our lives. Second, we regard government regulation as a last resort, a morally inferior solution to voluntary safeguards. We would prefer, in other words, that in our society merchants and manufacturers want to protect the public, rather than be required to do so. In brief, we want government that is not paternalistic and all-encompassing. A balance must be struck. As President Nixon pointed out in his second inaugural, there is no purely government solution for every problem, and individuals must be encouraged to do more for themselves and decide more for themselves. Where the government should act, he also pledged, it will act boldly and lead boldly. Consider the relevance of public concern to these observations. First, history has demonstrated over and over that the pressure of public concern lies behind voluntary self-regulation. The rating code of the movie industry is a convenient example. Second, government regulation has wide acceptability only when it is backed by considerable public concern. It is public concern that encourages voluntary regulation and legitimates government regulations. This commission harbors no illusions about the amount of public concern over the deaths, injuries, and property losses from the nation's destructive fires. That concern is minuscule when compared with the magnitude of the problem. We hope, of course, that this report will serve to broaden and invigorate public concern over fire safety. The task to educate and sensitize Americans to the problems of fire safety, both by the government and by private groups, must begin now. To make a difference, public concern must be channeled toward specific objectives. Any number of this commission's recommendations might serve as focal points for public pressure. At the federal level, for example, proposed new actions that could be hastened through grassroots support include extension of flammability standards or labeling requirements beyond rugs, mattresses, and children's sleepwear to other kinds of fabrics and to other classes of materials, such as those that go into home furnishings. Undertaking of a long-term, multiple-media, public-service advertising campaign to make Americans more conscious of fire safety. Establishment of a United States Fire Administration to improve the fire services, and of a National Fire Academy to upgrade their training, together with programs of financial assistance to local fire departments. Extension of the number of hospital facilities providing burn treatment, and support of research to improve the treatment of burn and smoke inhalation injuries. Citizens can also press for improvements at the state and local levels, strengthening of the fire safety provisions of building codes, shifting of fire department priorities toward fire prevention, with emphasis on inspection and educational programs, 
Encouragement of regional cooperative arrangements among fire departments. Providing adequate fire safety education in the schools and to preschool youngsters in nursery schools and daycare centers. The Commission is confident that every concerned citizen who has access to pen and paper can find an appropriate avenue of expression, whether it is a letter to an editor or a letter to a public official elected to serve him. Arousing the interest of the press is important for two reasons. The press has the investigative tools to explore the adequacy of fire protection, particularly at the local level. It also has considerable power to mold public opinion. Where Fire Safety Begins In this report, we have tried to make clear that fire is a potential threat to the life and well-being of every American, that while it has victimized the poor disproportionately, no one is immune to harm from fire. But prudence in daily living can minimize the chance of fire and make the difference between life and death if fire strikes. The minimal precautions in the home are well established, if seldom observed. A well-maintained heating system. No overloaded electrical circuits. Flammable liquids stored in tightly fitting containers and away from heaters and furnaces. Absence of rubbish. Unobstructed stairways. Matches out of reach of children. Beyond these minimal precautions lie positive steps. The installation of fire extinguishers, fire escapes, or escape ladders. And, most important, early warning detectors. Another measure, costing not a cent, is a family discussion and rehearsal of steps to be taken during various kinds of fire emergencies. Prudence must be exercised outside the home as well. If there appear to be dangerous conditions at the place of work, these should be reported to the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. A continuous effort to know the location of fire exits when entering a building or a restaurant will likely become, in time, an ingrained habit. Lastly, acquainting friends with the subject of fire safety may help to save a life or two someday. America's Future 2,500 years ago, the philosopher Heraclitus observed, All things are exchanged for fire, and fire for all things, as wares are exchanged for gold and gold for wares. Today, we would put it differently, that heat energy is involved in the processes of creation and transformation, as it is involved as well in destruction and decay. Heat is both friend and foe. Lumber, petroleum and its distillates, electrical energy. Name any major source of destructive fire, and one realizes at once that we cannot get along without them. But we live in a tenuous relationship with them. Through most of American history, Resources were so abundant that we were blind to that tenuous relationship. What fire consumed could easily be replaced. Coincidentally, this nation grew to maturity during a century and a half when death was accepted stoically. Whether by diphtheria, typhoid, or fire, death was entitled to its toll, even among young children. Advances in medical science changed American hopes and expectations, though fire never received the attention that went into the major diseases. As for material resources, only recently has the United States been converted to the view forced on other nations long ago, that resources are limited and need to be carefully managed. During the years of America's development, one noble view has prevailed, that a citizen is entitled to any behavior that is not injurious to his neighbors. What has changed over the years is the concept of what is injurious behavior, and it has been broadened as a result of attention to ecological considerations. A dramatic example of how that concept has widened is the restrictions imposed on major fuel users during the winter of 1972 to 1973. 
What might come to prevail in future years is the view that a fire caused by one American is a danger and an unfair cost to his fellow citizens. It is appropriate to close with a reminder of an observation made earlier in this report. Many Americans referencing the Second Amendment vehemently defend their right to possess guns as protection against intruders. Happily, it has not been a task of this commission to debate gun control. What is worthy of remark is that Americans have a duty, much more than a right, to protect themselves and others from fire.